Masters Week on the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by T-Mobile. This baseball season, T-Mobile customers can get a free season-long subscription to MLB.tv Premium. Sign up by April 10th at T-Mobile.com slash MLB or sign up for MLB.tv while on T-Mobile's network. We're also brought to you by Harry's Razors. Superior Razors ship straight to your door at half the drugstore price. Get $5 off your first order with the code GOLF at harrys.com. Lastly, we're sponsored by FanDuel. Now that baseball is back, you can try the fun and competition of Daily Fantasy risk-free for up to 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com and enter the code GOLF. It was really tough. Uh, a bit cooler this morning and very windy, blustery. One of the toughest days I've ever seen out here. It's probably as difficult as the British Open last year, but a golf course that uh, wasn't that you don't want to play in that much wind. Um, I've never been as ready to be done as I am right now, and I'm glad I can't make any more bogeys. Every shot is just guessing and hitting and praying. Um, I mean, I never felt comfortable even on wedge shots all day, and putts are just brutal. I watched Justin hit a four-footer that went 55 feet. I mean, you don't see that stuff. It's not supposed to happen. And, and uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to calm down some this afternoon, but there in that stretch between like 6 through 12, it's just unbelievable. That was Adam Scott and Kevin Kisner talking about the blustery conditions at Augusta National. And this is the Golf.com podcast from the Masters. Day three had so much potential, and it lived up to the billing in some aspects, not so much in others. In terms of Rory McIlroy versus Jordan Spieth, it did not live up to the potential. And I'm here with editor of Golf.com, Alan Bastable, to discuss that heavyweight pillow fight and all other happenings at Augusta National on moving day. Alan, how disappointed are you in what happened between the to- uh, the final pairing today? Pillow fight. I like that description. I hadn't heard that one tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, I'm not sure Rory or Jordan would agree with that characterization, but there's no question it was a huge letdown. I mean, I was out there, um, as were you, on the first tee when these two went off uh, at around 2.50 p.m., and it did have, obviously, it had that feeling of, you know, all the anticipation, the hype. We've been waiting for so long for two uh, of the big three to face off, um, you know, in the final pairing of, of a major on the weekend. And, and we finally got it with Rory and Spieth. And as so often happens in golf, you know, A, it's impossible to get two elite players in the same group on the weekend. B, to get them both playing well in that round um, seems to be even harder. And, again, we saw that again today. It just neither player really got it going. Obviously, Rory struggled more than, than Spieth. But, you know, Spieth – certainly did not have the game either. I mean, he was spraying it all over the park and, and relying on that killer short game. Uh, it finally caught up to him on 17 and 18, missed the fairway, and, uh, you know, went bogey double to come in. So a um, little bit of a letdown for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I said pillow fight, which in some aspects is, is right and in others probably not because it really is a grind out there with the weather uh, or at least what the weather conditions had been for this tournament, especially today and Thursday and Friday. I don't know. I think when you look at what's happening right now, you have Jordan Spieth proving just how well he knows this course and how well he's able to read Augusta National. And you know, I think he does it better than anybody, but he's still getting by with what is not very good golf from him. You know, I think for the first maybe 15 holes today, we probably saw him play his best golf of the tournament at times, when he, especially when he's going alongside Rory McIlroy, who's just 
really having a hard time out there. When you see Spieth, he shot two under today. There's only a couple other people that were at least close to that. Smiley Kaufman shot in the 60s for the per- first person since Thursday to do that. But but Spieth was actually looking at another round of like 70 or 69, which we, we've, we've come to know from him. So I think... <laughs> Not only is it disappointing that Rory has done what he did today, shoot 77, but Spieth, just, he's just not on point for 18 holes. And I think that that's almost what we've seen from him this, this whole year. It actually leads you to believe that he might not be able to put a full round together even tomorrow. Yeah, but he's leading the golf tournament. That's the thing. Like, as, as, as off, quote-unquote, as he seems to be, um, certainly with his driver anyway, he's – He's leading the Masters after 54 holes. This is the seventh consecutive round that he's been leading this this golf tournament at 22 years of age. I mean, it's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, no, he doesn't have his best stuff, but that in some ways makes it even more impressive, you know, to do what he's doing uh, with his B-plus game. Uh, you know, I, I, I see no reason why even if he, you know, if he plays a similar brand of golf tomorrow um, that he can't win this thing. It's going to take somebody to make a run at him. Um you know whether it's a guy like Day or there's a, there's three guys that even who who I would keep an eye on it's Day, Dustin Johnson and Danny Willett. You know if if those guys playing two groups back, three groups back, if they can get out there and throw up like a yeah I don't know, 68 or something, uh, make make Spieth you know really, really think really about think it think about it because yeah and hopefully that, you know that's the other thing let's hopefully. The, the golf the golf course plays a little easier tomorrow because it was let's be honest this has been a bit of a drag this yeah. masters there's just <laughs> you've been out on the golf course i have even if you're watching at home those customary roars that echo through the property we're just not yeah. hearing them it's just not there um uh part of that is obviously course setup part of it is you know it's playing more like a british open out there than than a masters uh just howling winds you know, balls rolling off greens. Have we yeah. ever seen that at the Masters? No, it happened a couple uh, times today. I know yeah. when I was sitting at the 15th green, uh, 15th green, you you sit up top on the bleachers and you can see all of 16 and you can even turn around and see 17th tee. Patrick Reed is addressing his ball and all of a sudden he stops and steps back from it and like points at it to his caddy and then points to Louis Oosthuizen who's playing with because like, come over here and then they they get a they summon a rules official from off the green. That green was very interesting today because Billy Horschel had his ball actually move via the wind off of the green away from the hole into the water. So that just really tells you how slick the, not only these greens are but how much wind was a factor today. But I liked how you said Spieth's brand earlier, his brand of golf is really what just it becomes uh, everything that Augusta National requires of him as a champion. His very consistent play, and he was very consistent off the tee today. He drove the ball well, much better than Rory McIlroy, and he makes he makes those 10 to 12 foot putts that seem to be a 50 50 shot for the rest of the players on tour. It's his brand of golf that works here, and I, I, it's hard to explain why it works here. Because everyone describes this course as a bomber's course. you got to turn it right to left kind of course. Well, it normally is, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's been the difference this year. I think that's why you got, that's why you got a, a 58-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, uh, right in the mix after 54 holes. Because, and a guy like Brant Snedeker, because it's playing the way it's playing. It's, it's, it's playing into the court of tacticians, guys who can plot their way, plot their way around the golf course, hit wedges in there, and make putts. Um, you know, if we get some better weather tomorrow, 
and it, it frees guys up to, to get home and two on the par fives, uh, that's going to eliminate like yeah. he, Bernie's gone tomorrow. If, if guys are out there early <laughs> shooting, like, you know, 66, 67, 68, I don't, I just don't like his chances tomorrow. This mm-hmm. is like everything about this tournament is set up well for him. Um, to take nothing away from him. I mean, it's incredible what he's accomplished so far. Um, but I do think if they loosen up the course tomorrow, I think he's going to fade quickly. Yeah, and in regards to Langer, we'll get to that later. Uh, but before then, let's talk about Rory McIlroy just briefly. We talked about him a little bit so far. He plays a much different brand than Jordan Speed. He's out there in the fairway sometimes uh, today in front of Jordan Spieth, it has to be so debilitating for him to drive the ball as, as far as he can at times and hit the ball as far as he can, and if he gets hot, putt as well as he can and still lose to Jordan Spieth by, uh, I guess he lost by four strokes today to Spieth. So like, I feel like in his shoes, he has to, not only did he not play well today, but the fact that his length just doesn't separate him sometimes from such a good up-and-down player like Jordan Spieth, I feel like McElroy has to look at today and just be like, question whether or not he can get the ball, get 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 the job done sometimes against Speed. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I think you're right, but it's just so much of his game is tied to his driver, and when it's a little bit off, like it was today, like it has been this week, really, um, you know, it brings him back to the field. Uh, it's just, you know, that that he needs he needs to be hitting hitting fairways, which allows him to hit greens, and then stick it tight so he can make he can make putts and when he's not doing that um you know he's not the Rory McIlroy that we're we're used to seeing and there's something about this golf course that clearly they don't get along well he and Augusta National because we've seen it now several times where you know in the past it's maybe it's just been a nine hole stretch today it was 18 hole stretch he didn't play well really all day um uh so for whatever reason he just it just this course does not suit his eye He's obviously been close. Um, he's played relatively well, but he just hasn't found a way to string together four, uh, four good rounds. Here's a quick word about one of the sponsors of Sports Illustrated Podcast, T-Mobile. Wish you could catch every Major League Baseball game. I wish I could catch my Brewers more often. Now you can. Only T-Mobile customers get a free year-long MLB.tv premium subscription. That's $110 value for free, so they never miss a game. Hurry and sign up by April 10th to catch any out-of-market game all season long. That's 2,430 games and over 7,000 hours of baseball. That's a lot of baseball, and it never touches your data plan. Thanks to Ben John, only from T-Mobile, you can stream your favorite team's games without using any of your data. So remember, get your free MLB.tv premium subscription by April 10th and catch every moment all season long. Already a T-Mobile customer? That's fine. Just sign up at T-Mobile.com MLB. Sign up for MLB.tv while on T-Mobile's network. New MLB.tv premium subscribers only. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Binge on available to T-Mobile customers with qualifying plan. Detectable video typically streams at DVD quality. Video from participating services doesn't count against full speed data on our U.S. network. Third-party subscription charges may apply. All right, and McElroy is five strokes back of Spieth despite shooting 77 today. Uh, pretty amazing, actually, and it says a little bit about Spieth coming back to the field late in his round that McElroy, for all things considered, definitely not out of it. He's going to go off a little bit earlier. Playing alongside Spieth on Sunday, though, will be a guy that not a lot of people know about. He's the 49th-ranked player in the world. He's got a funny first name. He went to LSU. He's from Alabama. Something interesting there. His name is Smiley Kaufman. And if you tuned in on Saturday, you saw a lot of 
of him on his back nine because CBS wasn't exactly giving him a, a, a lot of camera look uh, in the beginning of his round. But anyway, Smiley Kaufman is two under. He's 24 years old. He's played a lot of golf, actually, with Jordan Spieth growing up playing on the junior circuits with this guy. So there's going to be a, it's a really fun thing to, to look at how they interact with each other uh, as a final pairing on Sunday afternoon at the Masters. Did you get to watch much of Smiley's round today? Or, uh, like, what do you know about this guy? What can he do against Jordan Spieth? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to tell me something about <laughs> Smiley Kaufman because I don't know a whole lot. No, but he, he uh, you know, as you mentioned, he's he's certainly not, you know, he's accustomed to playing with Spieth. They, they played a lot in junior circuit. He got a good look at him. Uh, you know, he said on telecast today, he said something along the lines of, you know, he might have been as good then talking about speed he might have been been as good then as he is today um so he's had an, an up close look i don't know that he'll be like you know that'll i think work to his advantage he's not going to necessarily be intimidated by speed whether he's intimidated by the moment playing augusta national this is his first time out as we know masters rookies just don't win this tournament yeah fuzzy uh, zeller the last one to get it fuzzy, done a long time ago back in the 70s 79 so uh history is not obviously on his side um he is a closer. I mean, he proved his one PGA Tour win back in the fall. He won the Shriners. He went out and shot 61 on Sunday. Came out of nowhere. Um, you know, this is a this is a very different animal. Obviously, yeah. um, now he's he's right there, and he's going to need to sort of play a little bit more defense. It's not like he's going out early without the pressure on him. So it's it's a very different dynamic. But proven, obviously, he can he can go low um, and win a golf tournament. But you know, will he have enough in him tomorrow? I mean, I would be very, very surprised. Yeah, you, you know, definitely he, cannot predict the mental aspect of being in the final pairing, especially during your first Masters. But I will tell you one thing. You said he can go low. That's absolutely true. He is a very aggressive player. I got to watch him play his back nine on Friday, and he's the kind of guy that is not afraid of landing it on the wrong platform or missing a platform here on one of these greens or, or missing a shelf, so to say, that they call them here at Augusta National. He's, he's he's very long, actually. He's longer than I think most people give him credit for. Maybe not very long in regards to the rest of the PGA Tour, but do not be surprised when he outdrives Jordan Spieth at times. He was doing that to both Danny Lee and Russell Knox on Friday. He's a long player, and that allows him to be aggressive. So I think it's the kind of thing that if he might rattle a couple birdies off on the front nine tomorrow if he doesn't let the stage get to him. But it's not easy to do. It's really, it's, I think, for a guy who would be 24 in his first Masters, it might be really easy to get caught up in the moment. I think my favorite moment of the day is when Jim Nance called him into Butler Cabin. Did you see that interview? I did. That was great. He's sort of like, let me get this straight. You live with your parents? And Smiley was sort of, I think, taken, taken aback. And then, and then Nance also revealed that, that he drives a 1998 Nissan. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it was yeah a little bit of color about the guy. I mean, clearly he's you know he's just getting started with his career and uh, you know just started with his life really. I mean, he's he's so young, um, so you know whether he's whether he's uh, ready for the moment, um, I don't know. But we're gonna find out. In, yeah. Uh, you know, in a few hours. As you said, he's a winner on the PGA Tour this year, which stands something stands for something in its own right. Another winner on the PGA Tour this year, Hideki Matsuyama. One shot back of Smiley Kaufman at one under. Uh, he's going to be paired up with Bernard Longer, which will be a fun group to keep track of. Two wildly different people, wildly different games. Hideki, um, he won the Phoenix Open earlier this year, beating Ricky Fowler. So, you know, very similar as, environment to the Masters. 
Yeah, you know, as, as, yeah. as far as stages if, go, if though. If he can win there, he can win at Augusta. Yeah, as far as stages go, that's a pretty yeah. big stage. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And he took down Fowler. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because we, we always have our, you know, our dark horse, quote-unquote dark horse picks. And yeah. He's, I always sort of go to him. He's not, you know, I think to the, to the sort of casual golf fan, they don't know the guy's name. But no. um, we should not be surprised uh, that he's in contention. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. He's done this Earlier a few today. times. He has. He's played in his last 11 majors. He has never finished outside the top 40. Holy cow. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's That's impressive. Incredible. His master's record is really, really strong. He was low amateur in 2011. Uh, made the cut again as an amateur the next year. So, obviously, the course suits him. Um, and, obviously, he's a big game big game hunter because he's he's performed <laughs> so well in the, in the majors. Three top tens. So, uh, you know, I don't expect him to to fade tomorrow and you know such a good ball striker uh yeah but i think he's he's a guy to watch tomorrow I mean, obviously nobody's really talking about him um no reason to think he he can't get it done that's the thing is is you have to talk about these guys because they're only a couple strokes back and as great as jordan spieth has been at augusta national in his career he hasn't played uh, you know bulletproof golf at any point every single hole could be a bogey or a double bogey for him he he hasn't really struggled on one hole in particular and also hasn't really dominated one hole in particular so that's what makes the coverage very riveting uh, and Hideki Matsuyama will be in the group right before him tomorrow before we continue, I need to take a break to talk about another sponsor that we have at the golf.com podcast. It's Harry's Razors. Harry's Razors is easily one of the newest additions to my bathroom and one of my favorite additions to my downtown Manhattan bathroom. Harry's Razors are great. That's really all it comes down to. I've been using them uh, myself for about the past week or so. And every other day, I enter the bathroom with a mean stubble, only to leave that bathroom 15 minutes later with a smooth baby face. I love it every single time. They really are great, and they're even more than that, though. Harry's gives you factory direct prices, cutting out the middleman, shipping their products right to your door. So do yourself a favor and stop getting ripped off. Get Harry's razors. Harry's starter set is the best option for new customers and a great deal. For just 15 bucks, you get a razor handle, foaming shave gel, that stuff's really nice, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. That's how you know they're good. Plus, for listeners of this show, Harry's is giving you $5 off your first purchase with promo code GULF. G-O-L-F. Go to harrys.com right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Make sure you use that code GOLF, G-O-L-F, at checkout to let them know that I sent you to Harry's for your razors. When you're 50, 60 yards behind the guy you're playing with off the tee, uh, are you playing a different game? Yeah, we are. <laughs> but the scorecard doesn't show it always, you know, so uh, there's different ways of getting there. And obviously, it's a lot easier for for these young guys. Even a lot less club into some of the greens, and they can stop the ball uh, while mine sometimes release. And uh, but it's just uh, you know when I play really really good, when I bring my A game, I I can still compete, and even on a very long golf course like this. That was Bernard Longer this evening discussing what it's like to play from 30, 40, even 60 yards behind the younger players that dominate the tour. Bernard Longer with a very, very impressive two under today. The guy is super consistent. He's won twice at Augusta National before. So I guess it's not all that surprising and under uh, pretty different Augusta National conditions. Maybe it's this is the kind of guy that, you know, hangs around the field. And that's kind of exactly what he's done this week. He's hung around, played very good golf today alongside Jason Day, 
Were you pretty impressed with what you saw from the 58-year-old man? Unbelievable. I mean, Jason Day was impressed. I mean, he he Day was asked about it, and he you know he played with him today, and he, he said he literally there were holes where he was 50, 60 yards behind him, longer was, and finds a way to get it done. You know, obviously he he knows his way around the course, and obviously has a phenomenal short game and hits those hybrids beautifully, and uh, you know that's a recipe that that works around here, especially in tough conditions. Um, I'm shocked. You know, I think the casual golf fan is going to tune in and, and see him with this broomstick putter and say, wait a minute. Yeah. I, th- I thought they, I thought they outlawed that, that putting style. So, you know, it's very, very interesting. He was actually called out on it, uh, early this year by some, some of his, uh, peers on the champions tour. I said, I'm not so sure this, 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 uh, putting style is legal. So essentially he, cause he, he, he does anchor it, uh, during his practice stroke and then he comes off. No way, he does. Yeah. Then he comes off, and, it, and it's you know it's a matter of like centimeters. It looks like he's anchoring. Okay. Uh, he's got pin almost pinned against his chest, but he has the hand obviously removed, so it's it's totally legal. But um, you know, I don't know. I, that that's I'm surprised that a guy who leans on the broomstick is playing this golf course as well. Yeah. As as he has, I mean, we've seen obviously Fred Couples contend here over the years. And we know, you know, what the weekend pressure has done to Freddie's putting stroke. He just, you know, he teases us for 18 holes for 36. Obviously didn't get to play this year, but he's done it many, many times in the past. Player well, you know, uh, over 50 who's um, contended here. But so I sort of expected the same thing from from Bernhard. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, Sunday pressure is a little different from Saturday pressure. Yeah, but of all people, this guy's, for all intents and purposes, like – a German robot, right? Like he, I feel like he is not going to have to deal with, or he won't deal with the pressure quite like a smiley coffin might. Yeah, I guess. But you know, he hasn't, he's not played well here. Like recently he's missed, I think in like something like the last eight years, he's missed the cut six times. So, um, it's not like a Freddie couple situation where he just literally has, hasn't missed the cut for 30 years. It's been a while since he's been in the mix, um, at a masters. So, um, you know, as well as he's played on the Champions Tour, uh, this is this is a different animal for sure. Does this get you thinking at all back to 1998 when we saw another 58-year-old man make things interesting, Jack Nicklaus being that man? It's it's kind of crazy how this course allows people in a different generation to hang around, but Jack Nicklaus did this one time, and he didn't win, and so you know his, his win back in 86 is always going to be remembered much more fondly, but does this get you thinking about that at all? Do you know who put the green jacket on Jack Nicholas that year? Was it Langer? It was on eighty five. Oh. Langer won, and uh, when Nicholas won eighty six, that's right. He was he was uh, he was presented the jacket by by Bernhard Langer. So, you know, I don't know if that means anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so fun. I mean, that's what's so great about golf. It was you know, obviously, we all remember Tom Watson could have should have won the British Open back in two thousand nine at at fifty nine years old. Uh, you know, we've seen Jack. 46 and now here's here's langer at 58 making making a run so uh you know it's fun i mean the fact that these guys can contend against 22 23 24 year olds um on a golf course this long i mean you know this is not like you know 60 600 yards and uh you know (laughs) this is a this is a big burly golf course um and it's it's playing even longer uh, this week, which again, as I alluded to earlier, is actually an advantage for the shorter hitters because it's taking taking those par fives and making them 
legitimate par fives exactly. for guys like Dustin Johnson and, and Rory McIlroy. So it's given these guys a, a chance to contend. Somewhat similar to what happened in 2007 when Zach Johnson won and right. did not have to attack the par fives. Bernard Longer plays what uh, he's forced to play, and he discussed it slightly during his press conference tonight, uh, a version of what me and my friends call dad golf, in which they have to play the hybrid from just about everywhere. And Longer was talking about hitting hybrids in his press conference, and it's amazing how a fluid swing, a consistent swing, can get you where you need to be at a golf course. And we call it dad golf because... You know, that's how dads can hang with their 22, 23, 24-year-old son. And I know that uh, my dad, you know, he pulls out that hybrid the same way. And it's kind of funny. And I'd like uh, to play some dad golf. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't have that in my game. We played some dad <laughs> basketball the other night here at our rental house. Uh, at least that's what I was, I was accused of playing. But uh, <laughs> It was good. Yeah. We had a couple of great pig games and, and even some great lightning games. And you, you were showing up out there. Yeah, yeah. Do what I can. Do what I can. The jump shot's really a lot like riding a bike, I like to say. You never quite lose track of it in your mind. And, you know, you hop right back on that bike and you beat me at sometimes in Lightning, which was actually quite frightening. Before we continue, uh, one quick note about another sponsor here at the Sports Illustrated Podcast Network, FanDuel. It's that time of year. Baseball is back. You hear the crack of the bat. You smell the freshly mowed grass. And for me, uh, as a big Brewers fan, that means tailgating outside Miller Park basically the most fun you can have in a baseball stadium parking lot. That's all good and fun, but I've got another way for you to make baseball even more fun. It's daily fantasy baseball. If you're not playing FanDuel this season, you're missing out on the most fun a baseball fan can have. On FanDuel, you get to choose. Do you compete for cash with fans from around the world or start a tinier league and keep up with friends while you play? Either way, you get to be the GM by studying the matchups and being your own personal version of Moneyball by setting that winning lineup. Entry fees start at just a buck. That's $1, so there's no season-long commitment. Play for one day or play for 180 days. That's the whole season, 162 games plus the playoffs. But here's the best part. FanDuel is giving new players their first game risk-free. It'll cost you nothing in the end. Just go to FanDuel.com and enter the code GOLF. That's G-O-L-F. Go ahead and enter a FanDuel league or start one with your friends. If you don't win any prize in your first contest, you get that $10 right back to your FanDuel account for more play. That's FanDuel.com with my code GOLF, G-O-L-F, for a risk-free tournament at up to $10. Can we get back to golf? <laughs> yes, we can get back to golf. Um, for just a couple more moments, we're going to talk about a couple guys that are in range. that could They're going to go off in front of Jordan Spieth on Sunday afternoon, and they're going to have their, they're going to have the course of themselves, really, in terms of attacking the par fives and everything while Jordan Spieth needs to wait for his tee time. Those guys playing together are Jason Day, and Dustin Johnson, couple tailor-made guys that absolutely obliterate the golf ball. Which one of those two uh, would you say, if you had to choose one, that you would expect to actually make that move? Well, I think they're obviously both capable of, of making a move. You know, the, the the interesting question is 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 Dustin Johnson. Like, if he does make that move and makes a few birdies early on, how is he going to hold up? Uh, you don't trust him as much as, as of course Dan. not. I mean, we've there's no reason to trust him. He hasn't he hasn't proven that he can do it uh, in the waning moments of a major. I mean, you know, obviously we all saw what happened on that 72nd green at Chambers Bay last year. We remember the British Open a few years ago where he hit a loose tee shot when he was right there in the hunt on Sunday, and, and that sort of uh, doomed his chances. So, um, you know, can he handle the moment? I mean, clearly he's as good as anybody in the field. He he can if we can get some good conditions tomorrow, he can 
he can make the par five, make his make these par fives work uh, work in his favor. But um, you know, until he, you know, it's no different than uh, Sergio or what Phil went through before he won. Yeah, uh, can he get it done on Sunday on on the biggest stage? Um, so I hope he does. I mean, I I, I would love, you know, it's obviously going to be great to have to have DJ, you know, in the conversation with those other three or four guys we always talk about. He's been sort of the forgotten man because he hasn't got it done uh when it really counts so yeah you um, brought up you brought up the ways in which he hasn't got it done in the past and i think that this might be a little bit different because we've really not cared about dj just about this entire tournament you know once spieth sets the pace six under on thursday and then jason day you know on the in the afternoon kind of comes out with five under on the front nine the thought of dj who was kind of middling around one or two over par escaped everyone's mind and DeChambeau took a bit of the spotlight and then Rory and, and Jordan and took, well part of that is because CBS literally didn't show him yeah you know that yeah I don't think I think he's they showed maybe one or two shots all day and the guy was like four or five off the pace yeah so when, when you're when you're not playing great golf and, and CBS is not giving you the benefit of the doubt you kind of slip between the cracks and he slipped between the cracks to what is now uh just three shots back so all it takes is him reaching one of these par fives into making a quick putt, and you've got a birdie, or you've got a, an eagle, and maybe follow it up with a birdie. You, you've tied Jordan Spieth before he can even reach the first tee. I think that's that's the biggest power move that any of these guys might be able to, to make. They're going to be a couple groups ahead. Just I believe they're the third to last group on Sunday. Him and Jason Day. Jason Day has been a very. They, they're playing together. They are playing together. Yeah. It's been a very interesting. Yeah, it's been an interesting Masters for him because, like I said, he goes out in five under on the front nine, and it really hasn't done anything since. He's he shot five under on the back nine that day, and then has been just kind of middling around even par the rest of the week. Yeah, he you know he said something really interesting because you know, you're talking about going out early and making birdies and making Speed think about it. You know, Day said, "Well, actually, I'm gonna sort of wait to see what Speed does, and if he starts coming back, then I'm not gonna press. I'm gonna." let him come back if huh. Spieth makes a couple birdies obviously he's going to feel like he's going to need to start firing at pins but if but and it's probably a wise strategy because if it's anything like the last three days nobody's going anywhere it's just staying neutral make a few bogeys just you know avoid the disaster hole really um if it's more of that tomorrow there's no reason to start firing at flags you know just make a bunch of pars yeah see what Spieth does, and then if you have to make a move on the back nine, then you make your move. Leaving it up to Jordan Spieth is a bold strategy, though, because the guy has played this course better than anyone uh, in the history of the Masters, and he'll be playing his 12th competitive round here. And his last two, though, have been both over par. He had his first nine at, at par or better than par, and his last two have both been over par. So very interesting storylines going into Sunday. I do need one prediction from you. Jordan or somebody else? I need a name uh, for your Masters champion to don the green jacket. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the easy answer, but I just, I, you know, as we talked about, Spieth is is leading this tournament with not his best stuff. Um, and I just, you know, you feel like he's going to, I think he's got a, I think he's got a, if not an exceptional round, he's going to have a better round in, in him tomorrow. Um, I just think his, his short game is too good I, I don't see um i don't see a collapse you know whether someone can make a charge and they're gonna have to take it from him yeah i just you know it's hard to imagine him going out tomorrow and putting up like a 74 um i think worst case he's gonna be around par um it's unlikely anyone's gonna go super low because 
you know, given the conditions the last three days. So um, hopefully we get some excitement. I mean, that's that's what yeah. I want to yeah. be honest with you. It's like we haven't we haven't seen it. We want to get some wars wars back in this place because um, that's what everybody loves this golf tournament when guys are making birdies and eagles uh, on the back. We want so we want roars. We want possibly some roars via roars McElroy. That'd be nice. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with you. As much as I would like to see Smiley Kaufman get aggressive and make a couple birdies or, or longer do the same, Jordan Spieth just plays this golf course so well. And like we said earlier, his brand of golf suits this golf course very well. It's very difficult to gain strokes on him, especially at this course. You know, he, he's not going to give up strokes to the field as much as it, you have to take strokes from him. But Jordan Spieth, the popular pick, and not a surprising one. And if, from, Smiley, if Smiley Kaufman does win, Jim Nance's head is going to explode because <laughs> he's he's going to have so many options for that winning call on yeah, 72nd. Yeah, Smiley grade. is smiling. Yeah, something I, lame. Like he can do that. better than that, but yeah, I think he's. Uh, you know, Nance is pulling for him, or Danny Willett. There's also a lot of a lot of possibilities. Will, well, what was Willett. yours from earlier this week? Willett. Yeah. Uh, will it be? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Maybe a Danny Willett, will it be call from Jim Nance Sunday night. He's going to have to take some birdies from Mr. Willett. We'll see if anyone can give Speed the run for the Green Jacket Sunday afternoon at the Masters. Until then, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Zock, for Alan Bastable and myself. Tune in Sunday night. We'll have another podcast recapping everything that went down here at Augusta National. <laughs>